Today's advanced training, um, an oldie but a goodie. It's one that's been around a while, and this comes from a personal lesson that I went through uh, and, uh, and, and overcame an obstacle with it. So uh, this, this topic is seven touches to better placement and persistency. Seven touches is a, uh, a system that I put together to, to get better at getting business issued and keeping it on the books. So as we jump right into it, uh, there are... Um, uh, jumping into placement and persistency. First, placement. How much of your submitted business gets issued and makes it through the free look period, gets placed? So that's what placement is. It, this is a, uh, a term that um, uh, the insurance industry uses. Uh, and it's, it's, I'll go through the math for you. The, the percentage of the business that you submit that gets placed is your placement rate. So here's an example of the math. Uh, you submit 10 applications Eight are get, get issued and placed, meaning it survives through the free look period. Um, that's an 80% placement. That's a fantastic placement. The insurance companies uh, price their products for 75% placement. Uh, it's one of the things we talk about looking into rewriting clients. One of the downsides to rewriting clients is every time you submit a case, that counts as submitted business. And when it doesn't get placed, that hurts your placement. The insurance companies judge you based on that. Uh, my experience in 20 plus years in the industry is insurance companies don't do anything that costs them money. Uh, it only makes them money. That includes products. That includes agents. They will get rid of any of it if it's losing them money. So if you're below 70% placement, um, you're at risk for an insurance company terminating you. And, and once one terminates you for bad placement, other companies know that as well. And it gets to, get, it gets to be harder and harder and harder getting appointed with carriers. Another term here is persistency. How much of your placed business stays on the books for three months, six months, nine months, and 13 months? So once the business has been, you submitted it, it got issued, it made it past the free look period, it's been placed, how much of that business survives? That percentage is called your persistency. This is insurance industry lingo. If you're going to be in the industry, you need to know the, the language. This is one of those terms. So here's an example. You placed eight. Okay, you submitted it, the insurance companies approved it, uh, it made it through the free look period, you placed eight of them. Six are still on the books in 13 months. That is a 75% 13-month placement. It's a good number. Insurance companies aren't mad at that at all. Uh, insurance companies expect another 20% to drop off the books in the first year. Now, new to the industry, go, well, why would something not get placed? There's a million reasons why a piece of business doesn't get placed. Uh, we hear about agents that write the case, hey, this medication had no indication that was going to get declined. It goes off to the underwriter. The underwriter says, well, that, that medication by itself wouldn't get declined. When you take it into consideration, they also have this and this and this. That is a decline. Well, that would hurt your placement. Um, if you, uh, buyer's remorse, you submit the, the business a week later, the client's like, I don't want to buy this. Um, then they cancel it. That would affect your placement. Uh, what affects persistency? It's some of the same stuff. I mean, you get the business issued, it stays on the books. Uh, and six months down the road, they just decide, gosh, I don't want to keep paying this. Um, finances are tight. I can't eat or, or sleep under this. So I'm going to cancel it. Uh, that will affect persistency. Um, uh, also uh, affecting persistency is when a client dies. 
So if you write, if you make it a habit to write really unhealthy people uh, and, and you're selling these guaranteed issue policies that are guaranteed issue because that the insurance company believes they're going to die soon. If that's all you write and your clients consistently die about six, eight months in, that affects your persistency. Insurance companies, they want you to write the unhealthy people, sure, but you got to balance it out with some healthy people that can keep paying their premiums. That's how insurance companies make money is the clients don't die and continue paying their premiums. So here's the litmus test of whether you have a placement and persistency problem. When a client cancels, do they call you? Or do they call the company? How do you find out? There's the ultimate test. You know you have a placement and persistency issue when the client has a relationship with the insurance company. People ask me all the time, do I get to keep my clients? I go, well, you get the choice to make them your client or make them the insurance company's client. To my experience of 20 plus years, whoever has the relationship with the client is who the client belongs to. And far too often in the insurance world, the client belongs to the insurance company and not the agent. And it's because they don't have the relationship. So um, that's a big litmus test right there. When a client cancels, uh, you just wrote it two weeks ago and, and you find out from the insurance company, the client called in and canceled. That says you didn't build the relationship with that client. They called the company. Uh, six months in, the client's having financial issues and they don't call you. Instead, they just change their bank account. So that, that one quits drafting out of this bank account. They're saying, hey, I don't have a relationship with you, agent. I have a relationship with the insurance company with the draft that's coming out. My own story in the field. So this, this comes from a really dark place in, in, in our lives. When, uh, if you don't know our story, when, when I got started in the insurance business, it was September of 99. I got licensed July 31st of, of 1999. And September, we started in mortgage protection. By Thanksgiving, Heather and I had picked up from Burlington, North Carolina, or Gibsonville, where we live. And we moved to Dallas, Texas to start an agency here. A full two months in the business. And we decided to pick up and move halfway across the country and start an agency. 23, had no idea what we were doing. Uh, I represented one insurance company at that time. Six months after moving to Dallas, I get a letter from that insurance company. It was F&G Life. Um, and the, uh, the insurance company said, listen, your placement is terrible and you've got 90 days to improve it or we're going to terminate you. I represented one company. <laughs> and that company said, you're on 90-day probation. We're going to terminate you if it doesn't improve. I immediately called my mentor and I said, what the heck is placement? He had just gotten started in the business too. And he said, I don't know. <laughs> Let's find out. And uh, it started a series of conversations, a series of calls and a series of uh, creating connections in the industry with people who I found out had great placement and persistency. And I asked them what they did and I just adopted it and, and my numbers changed. Now, a lot of times I just leave the story at that and later people say, well, what, what happened? Well, I got terminated. You're not here right now. This is all imaginary. <laughs> it didn't work out. No, it got better. The insurance company didn't terminate me. That's the first company I ever got appointed with. I'm still appointed with them uh, 20 plus years later. So uh, we fixed it. And uh, this is the story of fixing it. The seven touches is what we created. So the seven touches, um, what this is going to do, this process will It'll help you put more business in place and keep it in place. That's what the seven touches will do. 
The seven touches will reduce the amount of time dedicated to personal production. Because you get business issued and it stays on the books, you actually don't have to write as much business because you don't have a lot of fall off. I find a lot of agents write big production because they also have big fall off. And if they don't write the big production, they can't keep their income coming in because they might get overwhelmed by how much business is falling off. But I'm, should I be worried about business falling off? Yes, that's why I'm teaching you this. <laughs> it is a problem, right? But we can fix it. Uh, increase the number of referrals. This, is, this process will increase the number of referrals, which can reduce your lead bill and override, overall cost per sale. So this is, uh, this is just going to make your business better. As you're looking at, at building a business of your own, this is, I think, a foundational uh, lesson in building a solid business. Now, uh, when I put this system together, I didn't originally call it seven touches uh, until one day I was talking to Joanne in our office, who's been in ministry for years and years and years. And I was telling her about this system. And she says, well, that sounds like our system. When, when, when her late husband, Pat, and she were, were uh, singles pastors, they had this system they called the seven touches. And that when somebody came to visit their church and visit the singles ministry, they believed they had to touch, be in touch with that person seven times in order to really have a shot of retention, of keeping that person in their singles ministry. And so the first touch for them may be when they walk in that everybody in the room recognizes this is a new person. Let's shake their hand. Touch one. Touch two might be, hey, here's the, uh, the schedule events for the next six months before they leave. Maybe this is a magnet you can put on your refrigerator. Maybe they send them a postcard a week later or call them a week later. All those extra little touches add up to, to increase retention. When I was in middle school, I remember reading Gulliver's Travels. Anybody ever read Gulliver's Travel? So uh, the, the movie came out later with Jack Black, which I thought was a really good, it's, it's very much how I imagined the book to be. But I remember the first time I read uh, Gulliver's Travel, I, I was blown away. And this is, this is my mind. Actually, we're just coming off of Christmas. My mom and sister were in town. Uh, and we heard some stories about me as a younger kid. I've pretty much been like this since I was a kid. So <laughs> in middle school, I remember reading Gulliver's Travels. And uh, Gulliver lands on the island of Lilliput, right? The Lilliputians are really little people. And he lands on the island and they tie him down. Well, Gulliver's a grown man like me, like you maybe, or, you know, a grown adult, right? Woman, but he's a grown adult. He's tied down to a beach by little bitty people. And I'm thinking, gosh, these are little bitty people. They didn't have big, massive ropes to tie. They couldn't move big, massive ropes. But to them, I started thinking, what was a rope? What was the size of a rope for somebody this big? It's got to be like dental floss, right? So how do you tie a grown man down with dental floss? A lot of dental floss. That's the answer. The answer is a lot. So this is my seventh, eighth grade mind working through. And as I got into adulthood and I realized, you know, the tie down, they call it in sales, when you are getting commitments from the client, more and more commitments from the client, they're going to buy and they're going to keep it. Those are called tie downs. And the more of those you can do, on a client, the more likely it is they're going to stay on the books. They're not going to be able to move out of that scenario. So it doesn't matter the size of rope that you're using to tie somebody down. The more tie downs you use, the more likely it is they're going to stay down. Does that make sense? So uh, I, when, I, when I told Joanne about this, she's like, oh, we call that seven touches. So I adopted that name. That's, that's the genesis. That's the origin of seven touches. But here's the system I put together. Uh, I, I'm proud that this is not from my own thoughts, but it's a collection of thoughts from people. Uh, I can remember sitting in Hawaii on our first awards trip with a, 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 an agent back then that I knew. And he was really good at placement persistency. I got some ideas from him. I got some ideas from over here and over there. Anyway, this is what I recommend. You don't have to do it, <laughs> but it worked for me. And so I, I feel obligated to teach it. Seven touches. 
So the idea is every time we're in touch with the client, it counts as a touch. Now I'm going to go through more than seven touches. You're going to get the idea here coming up, but the first touch is the phone call to book an appointment. First touch that you have with somebody is booking a phone, booking an appointment. Now um, I have another teaching where I teach about double booking appointments and how I set that up. But on the phone call, there's, there's, uh, there's little things you can do to get clients to trust you quickly. Uh, and the more they trust you, the more likely it is they'll buy. I mean, Zig Ziglar used to always say, if people like you, they'll listen to you. And if they trust you, they'll buy. And what we're selling, they have to buy every month that draft hits. They're buying again and again and again. And so the more they trust you, the more likely it is that business is going to stay on the books. So one of the things I adopted in the field was when I was booking an appointment, I gave them uh, realistic expectations of when I would show up. The appointment was at seven o'clock and I'd say, now, Mrs. Jones, you know, you know how traffic is in Dallas. And I, I, listen, I don't care where you live. Traffic is bad everywhere. Even when I was in the country, you just have, you know, two pickup trucks just stop in the middle of the road talking to each other. It's like, come on, I'm trying to go. Traffic's bad everywhere. So get over yourself if you think your city's the worst, unless you're in Chicago and LA, those are bad. Uh, but everybody else, they have traffic. So I'd say to Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones, you know how traffic is. I, I could be 30 minutes early or 30 minutes late. Is that going to be okay? See, I didn't set the expectation I was going to be there at 7. Because if I got there at 7.05, I've just lost trust with Mrs. Jones because I told her I was going to be there at 7. So I set the expectation I could be early, could be late. Of course she knows how traffic is. Nobody's ever exactly on time all the time. And so I set that expectation. That's one touch. Just like that, I started earning trust with that client. Now I show up on time. We're good to go. Now, touch number two, run the appointment. I'm going to give you some real tips in touch number two. And, and a lot of this is about is getting the business issued and keeping it on the books for sure. Uh, I'm not going to go through how to do an in-home presentation right now. We've got other trainings on that. We've actually got the in-home presentation put together. You can flip through it. Uh, I'm not going to teach on that. But here's four tips in running the appointment that I found that when you employ them, it increases your placement, increases your persistency. Point one, give them a chance to back out. This was the toughest one for me to implement of the seven touches. This was the toughest one for me to implement because it was giving them a chance of canceling right in my face. And um, I, I don't know about y'all. I needed to make the sale. <laughs> I needed to get it issued. And I needed to get, get the commissions because I had rent due. I had electric bill due, phone bill due. I needed gas in my car. So I really didn't want them to cancel. But I knew that if I didn't change something that I could lose my opportunity in this industry before it ever really started. So here's what we did. The applications are signed. Everything's done. At this point, what I would do is I would slide the application back across the table to the client. And I would say, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, do you feel good about what you've done tonight? Yes. Great. Well, what I, what I need you to do is I need just, just a sign that you feel good about what you've done. I need you to slide that back over to me. Cause I, and, and, and if, but listen, if, if you feel uneasy about what you've done, if in any way you think this is a bad thing, if, if we need to lower the price or, or, or change the benefits, let's change that now. Or if we just need to cancel it all together, just right now, just go ahead and tear it up because it does neither one of us any good for me to leave out of here in 60, 90 days down the road, you cancel it because you don't get your money back and, and I've not earned in my commission. So neither one of us win. So if you want to do that, if you want to go ahead and tear it up now, that's fine. Just, just go ahead. But if you don't, if you in fact want this, just, Slide it back across to me. The whole time I was in the field, four years I was in the field, I got torn up four times. And I was grateful. It hurt when it was tearing. I could feel my heart tearing because I needed to make a sale. 
we're meat eaters. We're hunters. We got to go kill it and drag it home, right? But, but I would rather it canceled then than 90 days from now and I get a charge back and the client's not covered. I'd rather know now. Now, more than four times, I had clients say, well, it's a little bit more than we can really feel comfortable paying. I was able, while I was in the home, to go ahead and adjust that so that they could get approved at a price they could afford and it was going to stay on the books for the next 360 months, okay? Second point, nip replacements in the bud. <laughs> so a lot of agents come on board and they're asking me um, business cards. I need business cards, Fitz. What do I do for business cards? I go, man, it was years before I had business cards because here's the thing. Business cards cost money and I'm a small business owner and starting out, you're trying to keep everything on a shoestring budget, keep your overhead as low as you can. Uh, business cards are for the rich small business owners, not for the ones that are struggling getting started. So what I used, uh, the insurance companies give you these awesome marketing materials for free. Free! Blew my mind. I got a whole folder and all these brochures for free. So what I did when I was done with the appointment, I would open up that, that the folder where I had stuff in there. And on the left-hand side, I would write down my name, my phone number, my fax. I don't know if they have fax as much anymore. My, my mailing address, my, my every, everything, every bit of contact information I could think of, I wrote there. And then I, in bullet point format, I wrote down what they just bought. Here's what you got. Here's the benefits. And at the bottom, I circled the price per month. And I would say to the client, now, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, I guarantee you, you're going to have other agents call you up and they're going to tell you that what I sold you tonight is a bad deal. It's just part of the industry. It is the way it is. Uh, but what, but you've got right here, what you've purchased. And, um, and if they say it's a bad deal, I want you just to compare what they say with what we got. And if they really true have apples and apples and it beats my price, can you call me? Because that's a company and a product that I need to be selling if it's a better value for my clients. But, but most likely they can't beat it. So I'm just going to leave this with you. So now here's what would happen. I, I don't know how it always played out. I'm positive other agents called and I'm positive that me writing that down gave that client ammunition that could go back to the other agent and say, sorry, apples and apples, you can't beat it. No big, you know, whatever. But I did get a phone call every now and then from a client. And the client would say, uh, Mr. Fitzgerald, I always knew it was somebody that was, you know, a client or something like that. Cause Mr. Fitzgerald in the young twenties, that didn't happen. But, uh, Mr. Fitzgerald, uh, we have that insurance agent in the house that you said was probably going to come by and he's saying he can beat your product with this price and, and blah, 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 blah. And I go, Mrs. Jones, no big deal. Can you just put them on the phone with me real quick? Can you just hand them the phone? And they would get on the phone, the client, the agent would get on the phone and I was no longer Mr. Fitzgerald that the client loved and adored. I was um, the sheepdog protecting my flock at this point. Does that make sense? And I, uh, I used to be really good at stringing together words with hyphens um, and, uh, and make people feel really bad about themselves. And so I would just, I would just remind that, that agent, hey, what company do you represent? Oh, great. I know all about their products. Matter of fact, if you want to, we can three-way the company right now. Just make sure with the client on the phone that, that you can actually sell what you're representing that you can sell if you want to. But if you don't want to do that because you can't actually produce it, uh, produce what you're saying, I understand. And I won't, I, I tell you what, you can just go ahead and back out of this appointment, just apologize to the client on the way out. And, and I won't tell her about your fiduciary responsibility to the state of Texas to not replace business when it's not the client's best benefit. I, I won't report you to the state department of insurance for trying to do this either. I won't do that if you just go ahead and back out right now. And I might've had some profane things in there mixed in because this is a wolf attacking one of my flock. Huh? I'm gonna go to the mattresses. I'm going off on this dude because he's lying and I know it. 
So um, Mrs. Jones will get back on the phone. Mr. Fitzgerald, I'm not sure what you said to that gentleman, but he's, he looks like he's crying. He's packing up and leaving. I just go, well, Mrs. Jones, turns out he wasn't going to do the right thing for you. I'm glad you called. I only got that call a handful of times, but I was able to save the business because I hadn't lied. And that agent was. All right. Plant seeds for future sales. When filling out the applications, this is, guys, we miss out on so many sales because we're not planting these seeds. When we're going through, we find out um, uh, where, you know, when you're talking to a 45-year-old male in an appointment, and where do you currently work? Oh, I work at AT&T. How long have you worked there? Two years. A 45-year-old male that's worked somewhere two years has worked somewhere else before that. So the follow-up question is, Where'd you work before that? Oh, I worked at Verizon. Oh, that's awesome. How long did you work at Verizon? Oh, I worked there for, for 15 years. 15 years. Did they set you up on any kind of retirement program or anything like that? Yeah, actually, I got a 401k. Well, I don't know how that's performing for you. We might be able to help you out with that. I'll get back to that later. And I just, I make a note. I kept a file of my clients and I made a note to follow up on that. Um, if there's kids running around in the house, you can just ask them while you're filling out the application. Do you have any insurance on your children? No, I don't. Okay, well, we're not going to take care of that right now, Mrs. Jones, but in a future appointment, but I'll just bring you some numbers. Let me just make a note real quick about that. As we're going through um, their health and we're talking about their parents, are your parents still alive? Yes. Your parents are alive? That's awesome. Like, how old are they? Well, they're 85. Man, that's fantastic. Have you thought about who's going to pay for it when they die? No, I haven't thought about it. Well, then it's you. <laughs> if you haven't thought about it, you're the one paying for it. So we don't need to take care of this right now. We're, we're here to take care of this mortgage protection. Let me just make a note here to follow up with you about that. I can bring you some numbers. I'm just planting those seeds, planting those seeds, planting those seeds. There's, there's more seeds, but I'm going to move on. Number four, letter D. Give them proper expectations for communication. So much of getting placement and persistency right is done in the appointment. I promise you I'm not taking this long on the next 11 bullet points that we have of the seven touches. But give them proper expectations for communication. What I always did, uh, typically in the home, I was selling a simplified issue term or a simplified issue whole life. That's about 80% of what we sell now. Uh, and this was true 17 years ago when I was in the field. Uh, so typically those policies were getting issued in a week or two. I told my client it's going to take four to six weeks just to set the expectation. If, if I set the expectation, it takes a week and it ends up taking two weeks. Now I'm a liar to the client. But if I tell them four to six weeks and it ends up being a week, I'm a hero. That makes sense? So set the expectation. Now, Mrs. Jones is going to take four to six weeks to get this approved. Uh, don't worry though. I'll be in touch with you every fill in, the dank, fill in the blank day. For me, it was every Friday. I'll be in touch with you every Friday about the status of your application until I call you to deliver it. Okay. Now I, I learned that watching, um, I don't know if you remember the movie Ghost of the Mississippi. Alec Baldwin uh, was an uh, assistant DA uh, in the state of Mississippi. And it was, it was the worst acting Alec Baldwin has ever done. He tried to do a Southern accent. And as a proud Southern gentleman, I was offended at his attempt. Uh, it was, hi, <laughs> Miss Jones. It was just terrible. It's like, you sound, you sound like you're having a stroke. Just stop. Uh, just, just talk normal. But in there, it was a true story about the, uh, the civil rights activist Medgar Evers and his murder, uh, his assassination, uh, and the, uh, the white dude that went to, went to uh, court about it, uh, was arrested for it, was acquitted by an all-white jury, surprise, surprise, and, um, and 30 years later, they were bringing it back up and retrying the case. Uh, if you saw the movie, Whoopi Goldberg was Medgar Evers' uh, widow, um, and uh, Alec Baldwin said, now, uh, Miss Evers, 
I will call you every week to tell you about the status of, of this case. I'm going to see it through. Right. And, and he did, he called her every week. And I remember one scene, he stops at like this, this, this dirt parking lot uh, of a gas station and he calls her on a payphone, which I think are extinct these days, but he calls her on a payphone. She was in Seattle. He's in Mississippi. He's like, Miss Evers, I, I know I've run up against another dead end. It's not going anywhere. I don't know. I, all, my, all my leads are gone. All the evidence has disappeared. And she just gets mad. She said, why do you call me every week to tell me this case is going nowhere? I lived this 30 years ago. Why do you keep bringing this up? Because, Miss Evers, I told you I would. And it was like the next day or the day after that, she shows up in Jackson, Mississippi, with all this evidence that she had had for 30 years. And she said, with this, you can close the case. And he said, after all this time, why are you finally bringing me this evidence? She said, because until your phone call the other day, I wasn't sure you were going to see this through. But now I know that you are. And so I want to give this to you. This, this will close the deal. He ended up winning the case. All uh, good was done. It's a good movie. But the point is, he gained her trust by setting that expectation and following through. And that's what I'm telling you. I would call my client every Friday until that policy was approved. And each time you do, it's another touch. Okay. So touch three, call to update the client on the progress of the application. Mrs. Jones, you don't have to get them on the phone. You, you, you just leave a voicemail if you want. Mrs. Jones, this is Fitz. I'm your insurance agent. Just met with you last week. Just want to let you know we've submitted your application. Everything's in good order. It's moving along as it should. Uh, there's no outstanding requirements right now. I'll call you again next Friday. Short little message. Doesn't have to be anything fancy. Number four, touch four. By now, you've probably got the policy issued, and so you're able to uh, call her and let her know, hey, the policy's been approved. If not, you just keep calling until it does. Hey, Mrs. Jones, it shows on here we need a motor vehicle report. Not a big deal. It's just your driving record. They're going to pull it. Nothing you need to do. Talk to you later. But let's just assume it's been approved. So at number four, in my day, they actually sent us the policies, and we'd go deliver them. Now they just send them directly to the client. However, I learned this from my buddy Joe. I call them up to install the policy. Just like when you buy a dishwasher from Best Buy, you, they call you up to install the dishwasher. I'm going to call them up to install the policy. Mrs. Jones, your policy has been approved. Looks like they're sending it out today. I'm gonna, they should meet, get to your house by Wednesday. I'd love to swing by Thursday and just go through the policy with you. Take about five minutes. Make sure you understand what it says and what it doesn't say. Make sure you're real clear on what you got. And then you go deliver the policy. Anytime you're in front of that client, you're bringing with them one of the seeds that you planted earlier. Hey, this is the policy. Now, a policy review, installing a policy, all I would really do is I'd go through the declaration page, which is the, the beginning of the policy, shows what, you, what they bought in, in sort of bullet-pointed form. And then I'd say, now, the very back here is the original application we filled out, and everything in between is your cure for insomnia. So if you can't sleep, just, just pop this open and just start reading it. It is amazingly boring. Uh, it's, it's really written by lawyers. They just want to make sure that all the details are explicitly defined. Okay. And that was really the installation of the policy. Not a big deal. But then I'd say, I reach in my bag and go, now, last time we were here, we talked about you had that 401k with Verizon that it's not performing very well. And I've just run some quick numbers to give you an idea of what we can do for that. Or I, brought, I ran some numbers. You'd be, you'd be shocked maybe at how inexpensive it is to make sure that your kids are covered so that they are, they are insurable for the rest of their life. This is, and now you're bringing this out. Anytime you're in front of your client again, you're bringing out one of the seeds that you planted before. Touch six, 30-day checkup. 
I love calling them in 30 days. After the policy's been issued, 30 days in, you go, hey, Mrs. Jones, how's that mortgage protection policy working for you? <laughs> it's always kind of funny because they didn't die, so it's still working great. You know, <laughs> they've had no chance to use it yet. Number seven is a keep in touch letter. There are lots of systems out there online, or you can just do it yourself, or you just send them a quick postcard. Just send them a quick postcard. Maybe set up a routine of sending out postcards on a week, a monthly basis. Uh, just kind of another advertisement of what you might sell. Maybe you set up 12 templates, right, for a monthly deal. And you can just set up that, it's January, I'm sending out the one about the uh, 401k, you know, the IRAs and, and annuities and making sure we save them from the loss they've seen. Get that done before tax time. Get that done before April 15th. You send out that kit letter, but then you follow up right behind that with a follow-up call. Keep in touch, follow-up call. They get your postcard, they throw it away. Do you get mail? Yeah, we get mail. We throw most of it away because it's junk mail. And, and we get mail from, from past realtors that have sold us houses. We tend to just throw it away, right? But if they followed up with a phone call, it would be different. It would be different. So you send the letter, then you call them about a week later, and you say, hey, Mrs. Jones, did you get that postcard? Did you get that letter we sent out to you? Did you have any questions about it? Maybe that doesn't fit you, but do you mind sharing that with some of your friends at work? This is planting seeds for future business. Number nine, 60-day checkup. That's, you call them at 60 days, right? Just put it in your calendar. But before I was digital, I had one of those uh, week at a glance from Office Depot, spiral bound. It costs like $4 to buy. I would just write, I would flip forward to that date and just put a note, call so-and-so, and I put a little phone number there. So I didn't have to look it up. It was all right there. Now I'm digital and I type it in there, but it's basically the same thing. 90-day checkup. Number 11, swing by the house. Just swing by the house. You ever had a friend just swing by the house? I mean, it's getting to be less and less common these days. We got friends in the neighborhood that would just swing by on their bike. So, hey, we're in a neighborhood. Remember when we lived over here and we had a friend that was try, uh, uh, working out for a marathon? And he just swung by. He's like, hey, I, mean, I was just happy to be in the neighborhood. He's all sweaty. Can I get some water? <laughs> He's like, sure, here you go, Chris. You can have some water. No big deal. So just swing by the house. Just knock them. Doesn't have to be a big deal. Mrs. Jones, I just happened to be in your neighborhood. I got an appointment down there with one of your neighbors. Just want to see how things are going. Hey, did you get a chance to look at those numbers I dropped off for Junior and getting him covered? Okay, cool. Hey, no big deal. I'll, I'll check back with you. It's not the last time you'll see me. You're swinging by. Just a real quick pop by. Keep your face in front of them. Number 12, birthday and holiday greetings. I have a really good friend of mine that does not celebrate birthdays. It's part of how he was brought up as a kid. And so every year I send him a text. And I say, um, 38 years and nine months ago, I am grateful that your parents got it on. <laughs> he always responds back to my text, go, man, you're not right. But I, I said, listen, I know you don't celebrate birthdays, but I'm glad you're alive. I just want you to know that. Uh, you know, I, 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 I've had some Jewish friends tell me I know more about being Jewish than, than they do. And I'm not Jewish, right? And it's because I am interested in them. And so I send out birthday and holiday greetings, whatever holidays they, re they, they recognize and observe. I make note of that in their file. And, and so I know those things. And I, I put a little reminder for myself because I can't remember everything. So I just write it down. And when it's that time, it pops up. It reminds me. Number 13, annual reviews. Annual reviews don't have to happen every year. They could happen every six months. Hey, Mrs. Jones, it's, your, it's, it's time for your free biannual review. Maybe you don't book an appointment with them, but you're staying in touch with them. You're staying in front of them. And if they were to cancel or if they were to have a problem with their policy, they're going to call you. You know why? Because when they think of insurance agent, they think of you. That's what we're shooting for here. 
We're trying to build trust. We're trying to build relationship. We're trying to keep in touch with them so that when they think about buying life insurance, again, they think of us. When they have a challenge, they think of us. When they die, their family thinks of us. They know we're the insurance agent. We're there to serve. We're there to help. So as a reminder, seven touches. This process will help you put more business in place and keep it in place. It's going to help reduce the amount of time dedicated to personal production. The time you free up that you don't have to go sell with, you can do whatever you want to with that. Some people have chosen to build the business. Others have chosen to join a wine club. Nobody cares. It's your call. Whatever you want to do, do it. Increase the number of referrals, which can reduce your lead bill and overall cost per sale. That's what this system will do. Hope that helps. Hope it gives you some insight. Bye. Can I help you? Sure would like to. If you're an agent with us, please go to timewithfits.com. That's timewithfitz.com to schedule a time when I can help you directly. Just pick a topic, pick a time, and we'll meet. If you're not an agent with the Fitz Group, I encourage you to go to thefitzgroup.org slash contact. Again, that's thefitzgroup.org slash contact and send us a message. See you next week.